Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I foresaw that this was not the final chapter. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Saw 3D, which is also Saw 7, the final chapter, which released in 2010. From writers Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan and directed by Kevin Grutert. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, after the last Saw movie, we still follow Costas Mandalore, James Remus' stunt double, as he has escaped from the bear trap that Jill put on him in the last movie. He is also trying to set up a new trap for Bobby Deegan, played by Sean Patrick Flannery. Bobby's crime was that he was in a previous Saw trap, but he wasn't. But now he's going to go through one and try to save as many of his friends and family as he can. Make your choice. So this film kind of had uh, some difficulties pre-production this time around. Right. Uh, the original director for this film was going to be David Hackle, who had worked on the previous Saw entries. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was let go during the early production of this film for unknown reasons. And so they were like, well, uh, where's Kevin Grutar? He, he directed the, the last ones. He edited all the other movies. Where's he to? Oh, he's directing Paranormal Activity 2 now. Uh, well, we can't have that because... That film's coming out the same day as Saw 3D, so uh, get him back here right now or he'll never work for us again. <laughs> okay, so he came back and he was like, all right, well, what's the script this time? Well, uh, when do we start shooting? Oh, and you want it in 3D? Oh, yeah, you wanted the last one in 3D. Apparently, they, uh, the producers converted Saw 1 into 3D and went, that looks great. Let's make the next one 3D. All and right. So that caused some complications, but apparently Kevin sat down with the script as well and went, we need to revise this and, and make some changes right now as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Very last minute stuff. Also at this point, when with the introduction of the 3D technology, uh, the guy who was the director of photography for all the previous movies went, actually, I'm out too. I'm gone. Uh, and so I think it leaves this film looking very plain and very ordinary. Now, apparently... Uh, you know, again, kind of keeping within the legacy of the, the Saw series of yeah, yeah. crew members moving up the, that ladder. Yeah. The guy who was the actual camera operator for some of the previous Saw movies then stepped in as director of photography this time around. Maybe a bit of a bold leap to uh, into that position with this new technology. For me, it just leaves this film not looking 3D, well, obviously without 3D glasses, but yeah, out yeah. of the cinema experience, <laughs> yeah. looking very flat and very sort of made for TV which is kind of disappointing, really. Yeah. I had gotten my fill of this series up to this point. And so immediately when they went, we're releasing Saw 3D, I was like, oh God, I've been there before. Uh, this isn't going to end well. It's the final chapter. Oh my God, you're really putting two fucking nails in the coffin of this one. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll just, I'll just wait for it to come out on DVD because I'm not going to rush to the cinema to watch it. I'm not that excited about it. I haven't got the time. Um... And then it came out, and like I said, I, I, I binged them all. And so when I got to this one, at first, I really did enjoy it, because at the time, at the fucking time, it had finished everything. You know, this series of movies that I'd been following for about six years now, you know, had, had run its course. I, 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 I defended it as much as I could to people who thought it was absolutely boring and shit, you know, and I, I defended it myself personally, but I, I, I was done. And so I was just like, okay, let's let's sit down, let's watch this. And like I said, we 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 start off with what I understand now must have been a very huge deal. 
for the for for the uh, the company releasing the movie because we start with Carrie Elwes dragging himself out of the room from Saw One. You know, he's dragging himself down the corridor. He's chopped off his leg, and he applies it to a hot pipe so that he can cauterize the wound. And so, I didn't know then, but now I know that that must have cost a lot. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it probably. Getting him in this film probably didn't cost as much as how much they paid him to not appear in the other movies, <laughs> considering he refused to return because he wasn't paid any of the royalties from the first movie, mm. uh, a percentage of that that cut, because they were all paid a pittance. So they settled him out of court, so we don't know how much money he was paid. Uh, but then Enough guess, to make him come back. But, I mean, he was. <laughs> they decided that they needed this character back. You know, They needed a, a twist. Now, apparently, originally... The final chapter was supposed to be split into two chapters. Right, okay. Uh, so this, uh, but because Saw 6 did so badly in yeah. the box office, yeah, I mean, yeah, it still yeah. did well, but it didn't do well enough. Uh, so the studio were like, well, your two movies are now one movie, your two scripts are now one script, and his surprise reveal was supposed to come at the end of this film. Right. But, you know, because they've cut it down in one film, we get him right at the beginning to let us know, yeah, he's still alive, he's still out there. Yeah. Where he applauds. This uh, this guy who talks about surviving the trap and sort of unifying everyone together whilst filming a promotional DVD. Yeah. How grateful we are to be part of your promotional DVD. Now, uh, what what's with his voice here? Like, Dr. Gordon doesn't sound the same anymore. He's, <laughs> it sounds like he's recording a jigsaw voice tape. <laughs> but anyway... Well, he does give off that impression as well, especially when we see him at the Survivor group. He's just, he's not as happy-go-lucky as he was in the first movie, you know. <laughs> it's like there's a part of him missing or something. Um, but I, I I saw him at the start and I was just, you know, first time I watched that, I was like, oh, so excited because for me, the series had come full circle. You know, I'd been following it for a while and like I said, the... the Defending it, its story against other horror series was incredibly difficult because most people just saw it as torture porn, you know, over-the-top elaborate kills. Um, but from there, we start to hit what I now know as one of the biggest problems of this movie. And as Gary and I keep carrying on discussing, like you, like you said, the, the script was supposed to be two different movies. The, the film company decided to cut it all down. So... We argued about this before we turned the camera on. We know that the previous Saw movies like to do time jumps, but they just don't really tell you that that's what they're doing. They hope that you can kind of notice what's a flashback and what's not and what's happened before and what's not. So there's supposed to be like a six month fucking space between Jill um, escaping from Hoffman after Hoffman's mouth is ripped from the bear trap to her meeting up with the FBI um, agents that are still there investigating what's going on. And Jill will only speak to Agent Gibson, uh, played by Chad Donella, um, who, who I think, he's not a great actor, but I remember him from um, X-Files. He was in an X-Files episode. Um, he also played UV in Disturbing Behaviour with Katie oh. Holmes. Uh, I, I'm, gonna, I'm giving him the award of worst actor in the Saw franchise. <laughs> it goes to this guy. I don't know. Chris Rock is... Well, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> Until this point, it's you. It's this this guy. I see. I, I know he's not the, the best, but he is just trying to fill this role because we've literally killed off 
absolutely everybody in this police department that's got any connection to Hoffman or Jigsaw or Jill Tuck. Like, this movie takes what we previously didn't like about the police department and kind of makes it just worse. Right? <laughs> the police department, internal affairs, FBI, it doesn't matter. They are all on the same brain length as those in Police Academy. Yeah. I, I want to bring up, actually, that this film actually uh, dethroned Police Academy. Oh, right. Uh, police Academy was the, uh, had, a, you know, first sequel a year after the first, and then yeah. another sequel, and oh, another right. sequel, yeah, yeah. and it ran six movies yearly. Nice. Uh, but Saw beat that record with a seventh entry <laughs> in subsequent years, so... Uh, but I was just like, well, it's kind of funny that it's uh, Police Academy and the Saw movies. Saw it's movies. like, oh, I'd love to see Jigsaw. People love stupid police. <laughs> these guys, are, these guys are the worst. But it's like I, I know the 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 lady playing Jill, and I did say in the last review her acting wasn't great. We don't see her enough in this one to make her acting any better. What we get is her kind of trying to feed information to the cops. That the cops should have already have picked up three movies ago, but they didn't. And so she's implicated herself into not only all of Jigsaw's fucking killings, but most of what Hoffman's been involved in as well. But the film language is so bad. And like Gary said, he heard in the director's commentary that the director's like, oh yeah, it's like a six month time jump at some point. You know, because if you, if you pay attention to Hoffman's scars, they heal over the movie. If you're not... You won't fucking notice it. <laughs> so they just will seem a little bit jumbled how all this bit. fucking shit goes <laughs> this on. This whole series is a jumbled mess. <laughs> this one's got to be the worst, though. But you know what, Ian? It's been a hot minute since we talked about a soul trap. Let's get so one in. Let's talk about a fake one. <laughs> we cut to Jill. She's been caught. Oh, my God. They, Hoffman caught her. She was, she, she was so stupid to be out in the open. She was. She got caught, and uh, now she wakes up, and oh, my God, she's tied to the train tracks, and here comes the saw train. Oh, my God. <laughs> And Hoffman, oh wait a minute, we're like, his scars all bloody and nasty looking again? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. That, that like, tells me it's like the same fucking night. Th this isn't a game. This isn't a trap. This is just like murder. This is just murder. Done in spectacular 3D effect as her body parts fly at the screen. And oh yeah. my god, she woke up. It was all a dream. It was a dream. My god, movie, you know you've sunk to a new level <laughs> when you resort to a dream death trap. When I was watching it for the review, I was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't how she died. And then right. she woke up and I'm like, ah, fuck you, movie. Yeah, right. Because at the same time, I want to jump back. Because right at the start of the movie, after Jill had escaped and we'd seen um, uh, Dr. Lawrence, you know, burn his leg. We are introduced to our first saw trap of the movie. We are. Um, which is actually a saw trap. Ah, it's been a while. saws in it. <laughs> um, and we're following these two guys who, they're, they're in a fucking shop window. And I'm like, I sit there like, I didn't think about this the first time I watched it. But this time I'm like, who set this up? How did they set this up? Because if I didn't know about the time jump, there's no way Hoffman could have done it with his busted hand carrying three fucking people and sticking one of them to the fucking ceiling and if it's a group then that's a great idea that we've been trying to follow since saw 2 you know that there are more people working for jigsaw trying to allow people to appreciate their life but the film doesn't give us that instead it's just like 
Instead, it feels like this movie is a message on society and how we view violence in horror movies and things like that. Because you have the three of them there. One guy has been sleeping with the girl behind the other guy's back. And, you know, well, they've all, all three of them. She's been playing the two of them off and whatnot. Jigsaw explains that in the tape. So it's basically like, like Gary said in the last review, it's like their crime was cheating, having sex. So for that, they have to fucking die. Well, I think uh, it, the, it was also implied that they were stealing stuff for her, for her material gains or something. Her fun and games pushed you both to break the law to fulfill her material needs. She is toxic. Right, but Jigsaw's really pushed oh, yeah, his I guidelines, know. like... Yeah, I, oh, I know. Like, his moral code went out the frickin' window a couple of movies ago. But, He's just a straight-up torturer and murderer. But, the, but, but the, I also know that Jigsaw's dead and that it's Hoffman with his brutality and twisted sense of justice well, just wants these people to die. <laughs> well, I want to believe that. I really want to say that this is Hoffman's trap, but I don't buy the six-month time jump, and I can't believe it's Hoffman if it's got a busted hand. And it's too public. Yep. Jigsaw never Jigsaw himself never makes it public. He never tries to cash in on his fame. So I want to believe it's Hoffman cashing on his fame. But at this point, Hoffman's just downright murdering people. So he, I, God knows what the fuck he's doing. This feels like it's a complete separate Jigsaw cult who have set these three people up. And we watch it like they, they are fighting over pushing the blade into each other. There's somebody trying to break a window with a briefcase. Like... Really, movie? The police turn up and they're like, oh my god, we're too late. I love the fact that there's actually, if you look carefully, there's a guy in the background who's actually smiling while he's filming it. Like, And I'm like, that's the audience right there. That's the audience right there. And they fight over the blade, but then the two of them come to the realisation that actually she's to blame for it, so let's let her die and we'll save ourselves. So they lower her down onto a saw blade. Yeah. And now I don't know, like, I don't know science about blood that much. Um, and I don't understand what I, I don't know if it's something you have to do with 3D. But was her blood too pink? Oh, it was very pink. It was now, very pink. Wasn't now it? the thing is, this whole like I, I think it's one of the reasons why it's in daylight is because shooting in 3D. You know, like you know when you watch 3D movies, everything just seems much darker. Yeah, George Ray. Yeah, so they try to light things up, like make things brighter, more lights to capture that 3D. So that's right. why I feel like this film, like even the night shots look like daylight. They do. Yeah. Because everything is just heavily lit. Yeah. So gone are the the shadows and the and the atmosphere it's all gone yeah and especially having a saw trap in broad daylight it's like the horror elements just sort of have gone from it and it's now just a spectacle now it almost feels like a like a showcase for a saw movie here. yeah yeah and this opening five minutes was actually used as promotional material at fan events to go look here's the new saw it's gonna be in 3d come see the new saw movie it's like a carnival attraction yeah that, with all the extras watching and that's it the movie had lost that it lost its way for me by that point where they're like, yay, come and watch more people get killed. Because I'm like, movie, I was trying to defend you for the last three movies that you had a good story. And now you've just ruined it by telling everybody that it's going to be more blood, guts and death. Well, hidden with a story underneath. Here's, I think, one of the interesting parts is that, you know, Jigsaw or the, the killings have been going on for so long now. We don't actually know how long, know how long. the period of killings have no. been going for. But at least a decade, I'd say, somewhere <laughs> around there. Like and so there have been many survivors. And uh, this film, I guess, gets the highest marks for callbacks or or uh, or, or cameo appearances from past survivors. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. We've got Malik from uh, who sawed his hand in two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've I'm, got the I'm receptionist. Out, yeah. We've got the mum from the previous film. Right, nice. Uh, we've got the lady who cut her arm, arm oh, off in the pound of flesh. Off, yeah. 
so they're all dotted around. We've even got the two, the two bros from the trap that we just saw right. sat in there yeah, as well. I didn't those and two. then of course we've got Dr. Gordon who announces himself there. So there's a couple of others sat there that we don't know their stories. Uh, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And I was like, this is a cool idea. Yeah. But then all eyes are on Bobby, as you said, played by Sean Patrick Flannery. So one of the Boondock Saints now. Yes. You know, he he claims to have been in one of these traps, uh, but. With his sort of PR agents going on, like it, like you start to feel like this is a bit of a gimmick, like this yeah. might might not be all too true, and uh, and when Bobby does eventually get taken out and then wakes up in his trap, Jigsaw says to him like, "Hi, hey, you 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 lied to everybody, lied. yeah, and uh, now we're gonna put you through your test. Can you survive? If you fail to reach her before the clock runs out, she will die. Live or die, Bobby. Make your choice." See, now this is again where I have a bit of an issue because the film language for me tells me that this is all operating over the course of a couple of nights. It doesn't actually explain to me at any point that Hoffman is taking time to follow Jill or study Bobby. It just, it just seems to be kind of all over the place. And like we said, we don't even see enough of Bobby to justify if what he's doing is wrong. You know, even the flashbacks that we do kind of see him, like, he honestly is just sat in a bar at one point, drinking with his buddy, watching a video of some woman that we've never even seen in any fucking sort of put a wig on him or something to make him look like a teenager or something, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. de-aged him. Yeah, and, and she, you know, woman on TV, she's just like, she's, she's literally just spouting off what we know of Jigsaw's message of, I was put in this trap, it was really horrible, I knew I was going to die, but I found a thing inside of me to make me appreciate my life and so I fought and I feel really bad that the other people died but I'm alive thank you Jigsaw and so he fucking you know Bobby sat there at the bar drinking like hey you know I've got a bit of an idea his buddy Ko sat next to him like yeah you could probably make a lot of money off of writing a book about you know being in a Jigsaw trap I've watched seven of these fucking movies okay I would love to know how much fucking detail he put in that book to make it A, that thick, and B, a number one fucking bestseller that everybody went out, including Jigsaw himself, and went out and picked up the copy of this book and went, Thanks, Bobby. I'm going to go off and read this now. Well, maybe it was the same book that Jill was reading while she's in uh, protective custody. I don't know if you noticed when you look at that book, all the pages are blank. Oh, my God. <laughs> because that alone, that alone, like, I can buy that this has been happening to Bobby for a while while the other games have been going on, that he's been doing this. I can buy that. What I cannot buy is that he just saw this video and went, all right, over the next six months... Um, while Hoffman's doing his thing and Jill's with the FBI, I'm going to come up with this story. Because it, it, it doesn't make any sense of who's put him in this trap to me. Well, Hoffman's definitely, like, Doc Hoffman's the only surviving Hoffman, sort member that we know. That's, so he's yeah, doing everything until we're told otherwise. Yes, but it's now, just, we, it doesn't make any sense we because know, we've got the car trap yes, and we've got the Gibson yes, shit yeah, and I we've know. got the Jill stuff. I, I know, I know, but we are like, it's clearly not Jigsaw because we know he's dead. He's totally and dead. And we know sure. that Jigsaw has had a running with Bobby because in this flashback, <laughs> cool teenage Tobin Bell, John Kramer turns up and we know he's a teenager. Hello, fellow kids. There's nothing wrong with an old man with his hat turned backwards. <laughs> oh yeah. Takes 20 years off, man. 
and um, and he's he calls him out because clearly Jigsaw knows that Bobby's not been in one of his traps before. And so he gets his signature, he takes off the sleeve, and he's just like, "Well, I don't need that. We've met now." Bye. And then so we know that clearly Jigsaw's left notes for Hoffman to trap this this MF. Right. So I can buy that that Jigsaw may have gone, I'm going to set up this complete trap. But now we've just got... And, and, and I can also maybe buy that it's six months since Jigsaw got his book signed that he's put Bobby in the trap. Because, you know, Jigsaw would have to go to Mexico, fucking get um, his, his surgery put onto his head. What I'm saying is if, if this Tobin... If this... John Kramer that we're seeing is well in this flashback. In this flashback with his hat turned backwards, could be any time. I know, but like, it, but but he's now called Bobby out, and so we know that Jigsaw is starting the trap, but he hands it to Hoffman, so it's pre-Jigsaw death. Yeah, which we know is at least around about. It's got to be a couple of months after the first one, and a couple. It's, it's, it's fucking time jumps before number five, before Strom and all that shit. Anyway. Hoffman obviously gets all these files and then grabs Bobby and his wife and Bobby's, uh, was it the PR member, and the lawyer and his friend Kale. And he sets them up on all these traps. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil traps. And uh, they, he has to go. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. I get because that. each one of them is a part of it. And uh, yeah, I do yeah, like I the fact that, like, the survive acronym as well, which he kicks through to get out of this first cage, which ends up being suspended over spikes. Yeah. Like, he sees written text before each one that he goes to. Yeah. And the first letter of each one of those writings is S U R V I V E. Oh, right. So, wow, yeah. So I was like, okay, it's playing on some things here. Because that was the title of his book, was That's Survive. Right. It, it like, is, I think yeah. it couldn't work out what the acronym yeah, was. Yeah. The first one that he comes across is uh, where he gets explained that she was the one, you know, speaking no evil. Uh, she has the key to her device that would free her before she gets impaled in the throat with these spikes. But in order to get the key out of her stomach, she's, he's got to fish it out and yeah. it's attached to a fishing hook. Yeah. She, he's got a minute to do this in, but that timer will be reduced. Should she, should the decibel screams reach a certain point, she will also die much quicker. And, yeah. Well... She can't keep quiet, but then again, it's nearly going to be impossible, impossible when you're being shredded from the inside. <laughs> As this... Now, I also give this trap a lot of credit because it's what you can't see. It's the gore you can't see. It's your imagination yeah, doing yeah, the yeah. work here. Yeah. You know, and so I think this is the best trap in the whole movie for that because it's hard to watch. And of course, you're sympathetic for her screaming. You understand that she needs to shut the F up, but there ain't no way. No. <laughs> and she dies. I... I... <laughs> I started calling this guy Bobby Almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> because he is, almost saved her. He, he, almost, he almost saves everybody. <laughs> he, he does. And it's, it's, it's strange that the movie would do that. Because, you know, a lot of the times you get towards the end of the movie and you're like, they're all bad guys. And these are why you shouldn't care for them. Like the lawyer. You know, we... we, we, we we, we hate on him, but it was at the end that you're like, oh, do I still hate him? Do I care for him? Kind of stuff. You know, with the, with the first one, you know, it's like, I don't know these people, but as this movie goes on, I think they're bad guys. They're not that bad. You know, you, you're playing with that. In this one, it's like the movie slaps you in the face and goes, haha, Bobby's a bad guy because he's lied about being in sword traps. So we're going to put him in sword traps. And I'm like, okay, I get that line movie, but you're, he's still not that bad. That you're going to make him murder all of his friends because of what you've done. 
You know, this is why it kind of gets a bit confusing if it's Jigsaw or Hoffman putting me in these traps because some of them are just absolutely fucking impossible. You know, between this fish hook pulling it out, how was she not going to scream? And that was going to make the spikes go real, which, yeah, leads up to the death right into this throat. And it's it's cool. So we've got the second one where the, the girl's got um, being pushed towards the spikes and she's right. going to be impaled in the face. In and, full 3D effect. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's got to lift up this thing, which shoves spikes into his sides and obviously if he lowers it then it pushes the spikes down so he's legitimately gonna probably kill himself before he even stops her well i mean i mean yeah he's impaled in the sides but it's not gonna kill him it's just that he has to keep the weight up yeah but i was looking at it so if if, the higher he pushes up the more the spikes go in if he if he gave it a really good old push and lifted it up yeah lift up those spikes and it jams you in the side arch like fuck you gotta hold it there yeah for a minute yeah you got so then if he lets it go the spikes come back the out. The spikes come back out and it goes back down. And if he hasn't got strength to lift it back up to that full height, it's going to stab him somewhere else. So he could, if he if he was really trying shitly, he could multiply stab himself. But Which he, he does. He stabs himself like twice. But he doesn't <laughs> save her because the 3D effect, people. Whoa, bang! It's pretty fucking gory. Pretty gory, yeah. I want to go back to uh, gory, actually, because at this point in time, uh, we've already had the random garage trap. You know, we just need, like, none of these people have got anything yeah, see, to do with the entire film, except, like, well, this, we, we've got two movies worth of traps to get in one film. That's it. This is where I think they they, they, they took some ideas, and they were like, right, we need this to, and we're not going to tell people that this is X amount of months time. We're just going to shove it all in the same time and make people think it's the same fucking night. But we've 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 we've, uh, we've got a bunch of people, and we find out that they're all racists. Yeah, and, uh, and that's why Jigsaw's here to teach them the error of their ways. Yeah, and so we've got one glued to the seat of this car. We've got uh, yeah. another guy with hooks on his arms and face, and we've got a lady underneath the car, and we've got a guy tied up in front of the car. Yeah. Now what Chester has to do is detach his back from the seat and his arms to reach up and pull the brake so that the car won't drop tire over her face yank the other guy behind to pieces as he flies out through and so they're they're all dead they're all they're yeah. all dead because because this is a legitimate hoffman trap because there is no way he was going to escape well he, 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 if he had pulled his no self off, no 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 because this is because because this we is don't all, know because he never does so well, we no, don't no, know no, but this is all... A, because as the movie plays, this is all set up for getting Gibson. Because Hoffman's main thing is not to deal with Bobby. Hoffman is put Bobby in his trap and then he set up this one with Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Which I, I, I always got to call out because I think it's cool that it, like he he had one cool part in a Saw movie before obviously sadly passing. But in the end, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and, um, and so... Hoffman has set all this up because while we've been following everything else and there's been no explanation of time jumps or anything, Jill's been taken from a safe house that Hoffman knew she was at to the police station, which Hoffman still knows that she's at. He just needs to get into the police station because he can't just walk in there anymore. So he he constructs this car trap, which kills everybody. It's, it's absolutely fucking brutal. The fucking tire on the girl's face. Like she even tries to turn her head a little bit, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, the guy with the hook on his mouth is just absolutely torn up. I mean, if you if you look at it just before his the arms are yanked away, you can see that they're just kind of like, rubber. Just... They're just, it's just a rubber body, yeah. <laughs> oh, because we see that same mannequin from oh, yeah, the rest yeah. of the movies. <laughs> but but he, the car, the, obviously the car gets smashed up and Gibson gets called there. And when he gets called there, he sees a sign on the on the mirror, 
which is Hoffman taunting him. Now, throughout this movie, Hoffman is just taunting Gibson. Just taunting him. He's just handing it. Here's a desk. I know where you are. Here's a desk. Hand me Joan. I won't kill any more people. And then leg legitimately, he turns around again and goes, well, uh, here's another message because I see you're not going to give me, Joe. So everything I'm going to do, uh, you brought on yourself. Go to where it all began. And it turns out that Gibson and Hoffman have got a past. Yeah, well, we... Hoffman saved his life. Well, yeah, this has got to be the most pointless, lame-ass flashback in the entire series. They're so just like, well, we need to have some connection for these characters. And it's fucking bullshit. It is, yeah. man. It totally is. It really is. It's like you didn't even need that. Didn't... Like, it's not like you're going to develop these characters beyond this point. No. <laughs> because, well, because I... As the movie's just going on, like like you said, you're, you're hoping Hoffman will get caught because you, you kind of want the bad guy to get caught. No, not anymore at this point. At this point, I don't really care about any of them. Well, well I did. I wanted Hoffman to get caught because for me, he was polluting Jigsaw's message. You know, the original message that the first movie saw, <laughs> even though they had been polluted themselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's the villain. I wanted him to get captured. Um, and I also wanted this all to come ahead. I didn't want Jigsaw to be martyred as a hero. But moralistically, he was taking out bad people for bad ideologies. It's really murky. The fact, the fact as well that Hoffman, he sets up this car trap. He gets everybody killed. He then hides every, all this evidence. He sends Gibson to the mental no, ward. No, wait, wait. But before that, he causes an explosion outside. Oh, oh, which has everybody scrambling. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, we find out that Hoffman was there and he yanks the body away. Yeah. So that he can hide in the body bag himself so, so that he can set up that corpse so, as a dummy later. So that's what I mean. He purposely set this trap up so that the guy would die so he could hide in one of the bodies. None of these guys were going to survive. It was This whole place was a trap for the cops. Even to the point that Gibson goes off to one location, realises that he's been tricked, has to come all the way back to the fucking auto place. None of... Like Gary said, all of it is lit really, really badly. So you're, you're still sure that it's the same fucking night because the film hasn't told you that it's any change of daytime or anything like that. Bobby's obviously in his own warehouse. There's no time or day for him. And when fucking Gibson comes back to the auto yard with the cops, he gets shot up by an M60 because he realises that fucking Hoffman's been trapping him this whole time. <laughs> that was brilliant. Like, he, like Hoffman's gone, okay, how am I going to get into that police station? I'm going to need some racists, a car, an M60, and a backstory to the lead detective. Sorted. Sorted. And now it's Terminator time as Hoffman gets out of his body bag and shanks the coroner that screwed him over in the last movie with made-up information. Yeah. And then I think it's the, the same FBI guy who we saw earlier who just went, oh, we got a live one. We got a live one. Yeah, some terrible acting in this film. And he gets shanked in the chin. And then Hoffman goes around and he shanks another guy in the chin. He shanks the woman who's been trying to call Gibson. No, no, he ends been... up breaking her neck. Oh, yeah, he snaps her neck. Because yeah, yeah. he needs to dummy her head in front of the window. <laughs> oh, God. No. So he could go in there and shank some more. I'm like, you know what? The blade, like, I, I like that Hoffman is just terminatering his way through yeah, the police it, station. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. But part of me is just like, you don't care. I yeah. don't care. So like, Hoffman is just ready to take out Jill, but Bobby has been almost making saving people in his trap and we know that his wife 
is trapped in there and every time one person dies in their trap her chain gets pulled down lower and lower and so obviously not saving the, the life of his PR agent not saving the life of the lawyer he gets to his friend Kao who um, he is blinded and so Bobby has to kind of talk him through directions to walk across these with these wooden panels it's it, it like I noticed it with the with the with um, him trying to get the key for the first girl and failing and her and him feeling generally bad because he just wasn't there in time to save her so in this one they've got to work together he's got to talk and help kale over the the holes in the floor and then when he finally gets to the key he goes kale i'm going to throw it to you <laughs> and so then kale is hung in front of bobby Yep. And um, Bobby has to move on to the next room. Now, the next room is even more fucking bullshit because it's like, you're going to face a test now. And I'm like, hold on a minute. One test per person, Jigsaw. You can't just be testing people left and right unless they've done multiple things. I still don't understand what the lawyer did, but he ended up in two traps. In number four. Right. Three. But in this one, it's like you've got to pull your teeth out to get the code to open the door to let you to get into your wife. And so after horrifically doing that, he finally gets through the door. Wait, 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 wait. How in the hell did Hoffman get the <laughs> numbers on... It's not on the bridge of his teeth. It's in the root it's of his teeth. I'm like, I don't care what surgeon or dentist you got in to do that. That will not take six months. <laughs> that will take longer. And to actually get the numbers right enough. Like, God, Jesus, this is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. But he does it anyway. But he does. In. He gets the teeth out, he heads into the next room, and this is where he has to face his actual, actual trap. Which, if you didn't caught on, is the exact trap that he explained at the beginning. Which, So he must have put that trap in the book. Yeah. And then Jigsaw read the book, and then constructed the trap. Yeah. And the furnace. Yeah. And thought, you know what, I'll make him fight for his wife. Right. Which, uh, which he, you know, it's like his trophy wife, you know, she believed all of his bullshit. So she's technically innocent. She's not in on it like all the others she, were. She didn't know. She's completely she's innocent completely here. Innocent. Like maybe she was a smoker all her life. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe she jaywalked one too many times. Maybe he just thought she was too hot. Right. Well, <laughs> go and get a lot hotter in here. She's going to be smoking now, in a minute. Now, we, we know that obviously he faked, he lied, but he did actually stab himself at one point. So when he shows yeah, the, scars, the scars, people yeah. can believe it. So... This daft fool decides that, you know, I'm sure my skin can take it a second time. And, well, yeah, I didn't he starts why he, did, why he just didn't pull himself up the chains. Because he has to hook, it, the, the, hook the hooks into his pectorals and then chain himself up to reach an extension cord to plug yeah, it in if he had, to save his wife. Well, one chain's going down, one's coming up. He, if he was just holding on the one chain, he would have just fallen all the way down. So we needed the hooks to just, keep him there. Bro, I would have just grabbed the, the two chains with the hooks. I wouldn't have stuck in me. I would have just climbed up. Well, I, and then may, may, maybe you could have, because there's only one chain you could have held, but yeah, the others... True, and, and anyway, you could also he, think he that could, Hoffman was still watching at this dude, point. He but. could have stood on those hooks, he could have hooked those into his jeans, like he could have done anything, like you've already lied and cheated, like you might as well just <laughs> bloody lie and cheat through this trap. Yeah, yeah. But it. anyway, yeah, he his, his pecs split, he falls and his wife falls into a pig-shaped furnace and burns alive. Yeah, which is pretty fucking harsh because he because he has to stand there and watch her die yeah um, and that's the last we'll ever see of uh, of this character of as Bobby, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but cutting back to the police station you know like we said hoffman has killed his way to jill pulled her out of her cell 
Um, well, he chases her for a little bit because she tries to escape and he, he beats her up, ties her to her chair. And luckily they are in the evidence room on the exact same, like you have a holding cell on the same floor as the evidence room that you can keep all of the saw traps. What a shitty design police station. <laughs> it didn't ever feel like one in the first no, place. No, I mean, Malignant's police station was a bit stupid, but like this one's worse. Um, and he ties it to a chair and he, he finds the original, original bear trap from Saw number one. So in a way, since Saw one, we'd wanted to see what this trap could actually do. Mm -hmm. And so this film does provide us with that, which is cool. The gory 3D detail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and poor Jill. I mean, I say poor, poor Jill. Jill. But then at the same time, at least Jill is with John and Gideon now. If there's a heaven slash hell, because they they're probably going there. <laughs> Um, but her face, yeah, the, the, the timer goes off, her her jaw just goes up, and you're just left with this gaping hole in her mouth, or, or which is her mouth, and he walks out, and he, he heads to his um, hidey hole. That he sets fire to everything, doesn't he? He's, he's on his way out. Yeah, he sets fire to everything on the way out. He heads to he heads to his um, his hidey hole to get all of the supplies, because his plan now is to get out of the city. I'm assuming. Right. Because... Every Job done. Everybody's dead. Yeah, everybody's dead. Everybody's connected. I've dealt with all the evidence. I've done my final trap or I'm planning on moving to another city. Like, we still don't know what city we're in, but there are hints. It's pretty much East Coast and it pretty much looks like New York. New York. And we can tell this because when Hoffman's loading up his bag, there's uh, the Bank of New York wrapper on the money. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, but then in fairness, guessed. he could have got that from anywhere and just been holding on to it. True. You but... know, it's, but the, the the series had always play, been playing loosely with that of, oh, well, we're in a city, we just don't know which one. Um, and as soon as he comes out, the, the, he blows up his hidey hole and he walks out and he's getting away and then boom, he gets taken out by a couple of pig-faced people and you're like, oh? Yeah, there's three of them. Where do they all come yeah. from? Oh, I guess they are disciples of Jigsaw. Yeah. Not Hoffman, clearly. No. Who's behind the mask, Ian? Oh, it's our good friend from number one, Dr. Lawrence. What? Oh, we need a flashback to explain everything. Oh, another one. You are perhaps my greatest asset. Without you, my work over the last few years would not have been possible. makes sense uh, now I, kind of i kind of like it i mean it's, oh i hope it's, the movie goes into this some more oh it's not it's it, ending it's honestly ending right here <laughs> what i mean it was it was cool because it, it like it wrapped everything up because like no it didn't it opened a busload of more questions yeah, no i know no, i know and the series <laughs> had always been doing that but what i'm what i'm meaning is is that a lot of the questions that we'd always always had the film's trying to fill in there as loosely as they can, but leave it open so that they can, uh, yeah. that they can come back for another one, people, just in case you want it. Um, but he drags, um, he, he drags Hoffman into the room from the first movie, yeah. which for me, I was like, do it. Just end this motherfucker right now. Just wrap it all up. I do not want to go to space. I don't want to go underwater. <laughs> I, do. I don't want, uh, I don't want it to be my son, my mum, my daughter, my dog. I don't want fucking anything. Jigsaw is dead. Carrie Elwes is in charge of the disciples of Jigsaw. Hoffman is tied up and chained in the basement. Here's the room. End. Game over. Bang. That would have been nice. It would have been. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I, I guess it's it's kind of cool that uh, Dr. Gordon gets to say the line, game over. He throws the saw in stunning 3D, 3D right yeah. at the camera oh, as Hoffman's God. left in the dark without any means of escape. Is he alive? Is he dead? We'll never know until Saw 24. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Hey, it could be being fed. Don't know how much they pay, Carrie. Were you satisfied with this ending? I if it ended like right there. I was. I I was so satisfied with this ending because I'd been following this series for a while, and like I said, I'd been burnt out. I mean, I, I you're talking to somebody who'd been burnt out by Jaws, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Hellraiser, Howling, fucking Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Critters, fucking Chucky. I'd gone through every horror series that that I that I could find, and they just kept getting worse and worse after the second movie. So I finally found a series that had tried, tried to make a coherent story work through their subsequent sequels. And when it got to number seven, I was like, I'm done. Just just stop, movie. Just, I've, I've enjoyed it. You're fun. And this, honestly, this is the very first time I've gone back and watched them all since I last did it because I'd gotten what I wanted from it. The moment they said they were making another one, I just slapped myself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've got nearly uh, like seven or eight years, I think, between the movies. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our favourite scenes for this one, Ian. Uh, my favourite scenes, uh, a lot of them are just, once again, the traps. I, I think They are just, the star of the movie now. They, they are the star. They're just really intricately designed. Like, whoever's behind the movies, you know... It's, it's like what we said with Friday Night Eve. You don't care about how the team got there. You want to see how the team loses their head to Jason. I don't care how Bobby or his family or any of these people got here. What I want to see is them get put into a trap. And if it's worthy of the Saw lineage. Um, like I love the, 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 the trap um, with the hooks. I think that's pretty harsh to force that onto somebody. I mean I like the one which pierces the girl's eyes. Um, the one that pierces the throat. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but I'd expect something like that in like Saw Three, Saw Four, you know, because it's just... one of the good ones. Yeah, 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 <laughs> one of the one of the good ones. Um, I, the the, Ch the Chester Bennington trap. It's not a trap. It's Hoffman's fucking. <laughs> it's a massacre. It's a fucking massacre. And the same thing with the Jill Tuck spike, where she's just like, the body the just dream. fucking explodes. Um, they're all good. I kind of like some of the story stuff. Um, as long as I don't think too hard about it. Yeah. I like to think that this is still happening over a couple of nights. Um, you know, literally Hoffman has dealt with or, or tried to be dealt by, by Joe. A couple of nights. Then he's got Bobby. A couple of nights. He kills Joe. Well, uh, we know the Bobby stuff all takes place within an hour. Yeah, because yeah. Because on a timer. Yeah, so. I know. I know. <laughs> but six months. Six months. I mean, it's almost as believable as somebody sitting in a sewer for four years. Gary? <laughs> yeah. There's uh, some definitely some memorable traps in this film, I have to say. Uh, and one of them is uh, it's another flashback trap. <laughs> yeah. uh, where we see two people hanging, suspended on this cable. <laughs> and there's just a sea of, of lawnmowers. <laughs> and there's, I think there's some garden gnomes and some pottery <laughs> decorating it. So I'm like... Did somebody forget to mow the lawn? Like, Is that why they're in the trap, Ian? How the fuck, Jigsaw, did you even set that up? Uh, I don't know, but I want to know more. <laughs> The garage trap is probably the most gruesome trap because it kills so many yeah. in such a short amount of time. It's just a wham, bam, everybody's dead, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> 
the opening trap I thought was pretty cool, but it just, like, the opening trap in the daylight, yeah. it just looks fake. It looks like a generic horror movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's connected until, you know, we have the trap, you know, music playing and the, and the, and the rule explanation. It's like... Oh, this just doesn't feel right. And uh, the whole film doesn't feel right on a visual look. It doesn't quite have the same editing tricks or or flashes. Yeah. And I think that's maybe because of the 3D with the amount of flashes. Totally, I yeah. think it would just ruin that 3D experience. So this one just feels, it lacks the saw energy yeah. to an extent. Like her, the, like Jill's death at the end when they were spinning around, that seemed really intense with all yeah. the editing. That was way over top and like I said, Possibly because of the, of the 3D, possibly. 3D it would just be headache-inducing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, there, there was another bit that I quite liked. Um, and it was a bit, it's kind of like a jump scare. Right. Uh, but it's Billy, the doll, making another crash entrance. Oh. Where he smashes in through where he's in the cage. Hello, Bobby. And then delivers the rules. I was like, oh, it's... it's what I, the fuck? I really yeah. like that Billy yeah. doll. And, of course, towards the end, when Hoffman's setting fire to his entire hideout, and the Billy doll's just sat there like, like you take me with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'll make another one. Right. It was cool to see Dr. Gordon Lawrence return, even though he probably has less screen time than Tobin Bell had in his flashback in this film. Yeah. Like, all of the interesting stuff, like uh, Dr. Gordon... John Kramer, Mark Hoffman, they're the interesting characters, but yeah. they just don't interact with each other that much, if at all. And when they do, the film sort of picks up a gear and then it ends. And so it's like, <clears throat> see, it would have been, yeah, it would have been better to have those three talking yeah. about what they were doing instead it of having... It would have required some smarter writing. Yeah, because the film tries to imply that the letters that we'd seen in oh, the yeah. previous movies... That's right. That's not Jill. I, that's yeah. Dr. Gordon. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, wow. So I was like, I need more explanation of how this came to be. Yeah. But it's like, okay. That's like not Dr. what the film's about. It's about people getting mutilated. That's it. Dr. Okay. Gordon was the one who set up the surgeon for number three. Yeah. You know, and Hoffman was the one who ended up getting her killed. So it was like, there's some conflict there, maybe. Yeah, but it's all over now. Yeah. Ian, you recommend Saw, the not quite so final chapter. I can only recommend Saw, the final chapter, if you have made it this far and you are wanting to see where the series should have ended. I wholeheartedly believe that this should have been the end of the Saw series and we should have just left well enough alone um, because we had dragged it as far as we could have. Um, we'd exhausted all points of plot and kind of character development just to try to keep the idea that Saul was all, all about traps alive. You know, I get the horror movies are there and people want to see blood, guts and gore. And it's really difficult to run that fine balance of really good storyline with really good cool deaths and special effects. You literally are only able to do that in the first and second. To try to do it in the seventh after all the fucking interference that the studio has been making over the last bunch of movies and then how much they've had to pay out for certain characters to come back to do their roles and then just it it, it doesn't work but i can wholeheartedly say that this isn't as bad as it's gonna get <laughs> like it's gonna get worse it gets worse no I'm not going to be recommending Saw 7 3D final chapter to anyone, except for those few who uh, who wondered how it all ended, at least, you know, for now. 
This was just a gimmick movie, a parody, a, a paint-by-numbers saw movie that follows the formula of past entries with nothing original to contribute. It's a mess of multiple stories that don't interconnect in any meaningful way, filled with pointless flashbacks and twist reveals that leave more questions than answers. The 3D gimmick was horrible, the in-your-face effects were pathetic and laughable, totally distracting, and it doesn't work well here. The film looks cheap and rushed, and it lacks any polish. Poor editing, no style, awful cinematography, shaky camera, bad filters, and it's overlit. The acting was horrendous, the worst in the series to date. The scenes with Jill and Gibson will make you wish you could escape your own saw trap to get away from their scenes. Sean Patrick Flannery was okay, you know? It was a shame that the film wasn't more about his game and his journey. It could have been an interesting story without the awful writing and police numbskulls trying to catch Hoffman, <laughs> who is a poor character with very little depth. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tobin Bell is reduced to a comedic three-minute flashback. Oh, this uh, one might be slightly better than five because of some brutal and gory nasty traps, but it ain't much better. This was awful. Yeah, it was watchable, it was entertaining, but goddamn awful. And from here on out, it might just get worse. Might? Will you survive to the end? Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. <laughs>